But let me just pray and then let's, let's uh, get right into it. Dear Lord, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for the honor it is, God, to bring your word. It is such an honor, Lord, and it's such a privilege, Lord. And, and, and thank you, God, that um, I have the opportunity, Lord God, to wash the feet of your people, Lord God, with the, the purity and holiness and um, wonder of your word, Lord God. And I just pray that hearts would receive and I pray that it wouldn't just be, Lord God, um, theory. It would, be, it, would, it would hit the heart, Lord God, because that's where, Lord God, we want to we move from where we were to where you want us to be, Lord. I pray for this and I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, it, yeah, I just want to, like, move on from last week, but touch on one of the points a little bit more uh, of what I spoke about last week. Um, and so I've entitled this sermon... The King, the Beloved Son. The King, the Beloved Son. And you'll make meaning of this as I, as I kind of preach and, and, and as I open up the Word and, and share from the Word. But just a quick revision of what we kind of looked at from last week. And for those who were here, um, awesome. And for those who weren't, you can kind of get a, a bit of an understanding of what I was speaking about. But, you know, I know some of us may or may not be familiar with the story of Jesus and how he washed his disciples' feet. It was a powerful depiction of what the servant king was all about. He wasn't, he wasn't coming to this earth to be served and to be crowned, right? Even if at some point of time during his ministry, they did lay, lay their cloaks down and, and, and leaves, palm leaves and different things to, you know, to um, honor the king. But he came to serve his whole life was about serving. And there's a beautiful story you know, that he, he, he um, shared how he serves through the, the washing of the disciples' feet. It was such a powerful, powerful illustration. So last week I shared about a king, a servant king. And I'll just remind you of one of the scriptures that really relates to what I'm saying. Matthew 20, 28 says this, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And so obviously it wasn't just the washing of the feet that he showed us the servant king attributes and the characteristics, but right to the end on the cross, dying a, a, a shameful death, one that you know he was exposed, naked, bruised, beaten up, spat upon. Right, He served um, the people right until the end for us to now be able to walk into a relationship with him. The servant king, I explained last week, was motivated by love. Praise God for that, right? Because who believes they are um, deserving of Christ's love at all times? Anyone? Any hands? Yeah, amen. I love that, Sean. I love that. We are deserving of Christ's love. But sometimes, you know, we, we can get a little bit down on our, you know, uh, our behavior and, and our conduct and everything. But Jesus shows us in this story that his motivation was not the goodness or the greatness of the disciples. They were men, faulty men, but it was his love that motivated him to serve um, his disciples. The servant king, the second point, was possessed a security that enabled him to serve others. Jesus knew who he was. And I want to talk a bit more about that today in a second. The third point I talked about was the servant king taught us how to take initiative to others. I love the story. Like I said, he, he, here he is, the disciples, 
have had a, a, a lapse of concentration or whatever, but they didn't hire the servant who washes the feet. And while they're busy arguing about who's the greatest and who will sit on the right-hand side of the father, he stands up and shows them right that a servant takes initiative and he takes the job that nobody else wanted to do and he washes the disciples' feet. He taught us how to take initiative. The servant king, um, his example exposed pride. So we know that the, the re- response of Peter was not one to embrace it, right? If anything, he said, you, Jesus, you of, of such stature and, and, and you will not wash my feet. The servant king exposed Peter's pride at that moment because he had a, a worldly mindset of, of how we ought to um, conduct ourselves like as a, as a leader, as a, as a person of prominence. But Jesus said, no, no, no. If, if you want anything to be a part of me, you must allow me to wash your feet. He was showing Peter something very different, a flipped upside down model. The servant king taught Peter, you can't give what you haven't received. And of course, I love Peter's response. He said, don't just wash my feet, wash all of me. Well, I, I want, if, if you're giving something to me, if you're teaching me a lesson that you can't give, right, what you haven't received, then I want all of it. Such a powerful, powerful story. The servant king teaches us to do what he did for others, right? It's not just about reading a lovely story and being inspired by it and saying, wow, what a good man Jesus was. No, no, no. It's about you know, taking his example and then like the domino effect, right? It doesn't stop with us. It continues to be able to touch others and understanding that we are called, like Jesus was, to be a servant, to serve others. And of course, the last point was the servant king teaches us that there is blessing in obedience, right? Not just blessing in hearing, right? We hear a lot. We hear on a Sunday, if you tune into a podcast, uh, uh, you know, a Bible-based podcast, you're going to hear a lot. But the blessing comes not just from hearing, but from obeying the, do- the doing, which is why Jesus didn't just speak, because he understood that words are one thing, actions speak louder than words. So he showed us right, how we ought to conduct ourselves to others in, in the faith. But like I said, I want to take one of those points that I went through, and I want to just focus a little bit more on it because I truly believe that God has something for you. He has something for me to be able to grasp, right? So the servant king, as I said last week, possessed a security. The servant king possessed a security, right, that enabled him to serve others. Jesus knew who he was. There was no confusion. And I asked the question last week, do you know who you are? Do you actually know who you are? And of course, one of the examples I used for myself was there has been moments where I feel like I know who I am and I've been you know, walking away feeling pretty like built up, like, yes, I served the King of Kings. I was a son of God and I did really well. But then there's been other times where I've struggled with who I am because my ego um, or my, my, my pride has gotten in the way of being an obedient son. And I've put up you know, different walls and said, no, well, that's not for me because I don't do this or I don't do that. 
So I asked us the question, do you know who you are? Because he, Jesus, was secure, wasn't he? He was secure. He didn't have to prove anything. In fact, he had nothing to prove, nothing to lose, and nothing to hide. He didn't have. Do I have something to hide? Do I have something to prove? The opposite may be the case for us. You know, trying to make meaning of this life with the way we conduct ourselves to others to be able to ensure they know who I am. But the question is, I'll say it again, do you know who you are? I want to possess, I want to possess a security that enabled Jesus to serve others. I want to possess that security. Jesus fulfilled his purpose and mission on earth, didn't he? He completely and utterly fulfilled every part of what God had destined for him while he was on earth. And now, church, now it's our turn. Turn to the person next to you and tell him, it's your turn. <laughs> it's your turn. Do you believe that? It's your turn. You and I have been called by God to serve, listen to this, a higher purpose and mission just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. And I'm going to tie in, do you know who you are, with what I'm trying to say in a moment. It's all going to make sense. But do you know who you are and do you know that you have been called for a higher purpose, just like Jesus was. And I'm not talking about, you know, of course, your occupation, your skill set is a blessing for your family, and you are doing everything you do onto the Lord, correct? Amen to that? But can I tell you something? Can I encourage you with this scripture in a moment? You are called, not the pastor, not the worship leader, not that those who work for the church, every single one of us is called for a higher purpose and mission just like Jesus was. And let me read the scripture. Don't hear it from me. Hear it from the scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. I just said it a second ago. Jesus fulfilled his purpose and mission on this earth. And now God can reconcile us with him through who? Through Jesus Christ, right? And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It's now our turn to help reconcile the King, God, the King to, to Jesus, to, for us to be able to do that now. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. You are called for a higher purpose and mission on this earth. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Isn't that powerful? You are. You are an ambassador for Christ. Not, not like I said, not, not the pastor, not, I mean, of course, the pastor as well, but every single one of us for Christ, as though God, listen to this, 
as though God were pleading through who? Through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I'll say it again. You and I have been called by God to serve a higher purpose and mission just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. The question I have for you and a question I have for me, and again, this is one of those moments where I allow the Holy Spirit to you know, stir us up and speak into your heart. Are you an ambassador for Christ? Are you an ambassador for Christ? Is God pleading through you, imploring others on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God? Is he? Praise God. We have a higher calling. He had an assignment. Now we have an assignment. Your answer might be yes or no. This is not to condemn. This is to stir us up and to remind us of our mission because it's so important. Jesus fulfilled his purpose and mission on earth, and now it's our turn. But let me ask you, what was it that enabled Jesus to fulfill his purpose and mission? His purpose and mission, as we know, was like no other, right? An innocent man dying on the cross, like no other. Well, let me share what Scripture helps us understand. Scripture indicates the key was, you ready for this? His relationship, his relationship with his father enabled him to be able to live out his purpose and mission on this earth, his relationship. The foundation of his ministry, his ability to serve was built upon the intimacy he shared with his father. Make no mistake about it. Jesus knew who he was and where he was going. He had no confusion about that. I am the Son of God, and I know where I'm going. Like Jesus, you and I need to know who we are and where we are going. Now, as I said, I'm tying the two together, right? I asked, do you know who you are? Jesus knew who he was and then was able to fulfill his purpose and mission. Do we know who we are? Because it's so important. If we don't, we are unable to fulfill the purpose and mission that he has on our lives. Let me share a passage that highlights the foundation of Jesus' ministry, the intimacy he shared with his father. Matthew 3.16 says this, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice from heaven saying this, saying this, this is my whom I 
beloved, which is dearly loved. My beloved, dearly loved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, I love the timing of this. It was before Jesus had set out on his mission. Before. He hadn't performed signs and wonders yet. He wasn't, you know, known through the streets about his miraculous things that he did. He was Jesus, Son of God. And God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, this is the Father speaking to his Son. The Father spoke to his Son. Now let's hear. Now let's hear the Son speaking of his Father. We want to hear two sides of the story, don't we? We're hearing from the Father. Let's hear from the Son. What does he have to say? In John 3.35, it says this. The Father loves the Son. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. We're hearing from the Son, His perspective. John 17, 24 says this, Father, I desire that um, they also whom you gave me may be... Uh, sorry, who you... Who, let me read that again. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me... Before the foundation of the world, we heard from the Father. We're hearing from the Son. It's evident that you can hear the intimacy that the Father and the Son shared. A love for one another. A bond. A bond that allowed Jesus, enabled, equipped him to do what he was going to do. Make no mistake, we have a mission, a purpose. The key is intimacy with God. Just like Jesus showed us the intimacy that he had with his Father. A closeness that enabled Jesus, listen to this, to preach good tithings to the poor. Isaiah 61.1. I didn't have this in my, on the slides. To heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. It enabled him to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. To walk boldly and confidently knowing his father's love. Jesus overcame Satan after, after being baptized. We see him in the desert three times. Hungry Jesus without food. The devil comes and tempts him, but he overcomes Satan. This was after hearing the love of the Father, loving, the loving Father approving him. He overcomes Satan. That's pretty big. Jesus was able to navigate the disapproval of people as they sought to stone him. You know, he had to veer away and they loved him. They hated him. You know, don't worry about social media. They like my post. They don't like my post. <laughs> this is 
They wanted to stone him, but he was able to navigate the disapproval of others because he had the approval of his father. He wasn't alone. Now the prayer of Jesus, is the prayer of Jesus important? It's important, right? Very important. The prayer of Jesus was and still is, because he's, he's praying. In a moment, I'm going to read this verse again. He's praying for all believers. Are you a believer? His prayer was and still is, as a believer, for you to share the same intimacy, the same intimacy that he had with the Father. He wants you to step into that which he had with his Father. Listen to John 17, 24 again. I'm going to read it and I'm going to just stop at different parts. Father, I desire, I desire that they also... Jesus, long behold, he desired something. What he is about to say is very important. I desire that they also, whom you gave me, you gave me, may be with me, may be with me. He desires for you and I to be with him, with him. Where I am, is that a location, where I am? I think it's more of where I am. Well, where is he? He's in perfect harmony and peace with his Father. I desire that they be where I am, in a space that is built upon solid rock, a secure place, a place that no adversity, no tribulation, like what we were hearing about Paul and Silas, a place that nobody can take away from you. I desire that they be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. He loved you before the foundation of the world. Jesus, clearly, clearly he embraced his sonship, didn't he? I am a son of God and desires he desires for you to do so likewise. You are a son of God. The question is, and of course I've already touched on this, but let me give it to you in Scripture. I'll ask you again, do you understand who you are? Do you understand? Do you understand that you are a child of God? A child of God. Listen to the scripture. John 1.12 says this. But as many have as received him. Have you received him? To him, to them, sorry. He gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're talking about the, the, the new birth being born of the Spirit. He gave all those who were born of the Spirit, who received Him, the right to be called 
a child of God. Do you know who you are? Ephesians 1.5 says this, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. You know, some of us get caught up, and I've heard different uh, Christians get caught up on the predestination theory. Oh, were you predestined? Were you not? Listen, if you're in this building today, right, and if you haven't called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, today's your day. Today's your opportunity to be able to enter into that relationship with him. Don't get caught up with, with that word because are you here right now? Are you here with me? Do you know him? If you don't, you can get to know him. And then be called a child of God. Now let me just, let me just share a few thoughts. Some of us have not experienced the closeness and intimacy available for you. Some of us haven't. A relationship between a loving father and his child. Maybe your view on father-son relationship has been negatively influenced by your past. There are people in this place, different um, situations, backgrounds that you have faced. Your perspective on father and son, daughter and father, might not be one that you celebrate or you think is a wonderful, wonderful connection that you can have. Listen, some of us might be caught up by the focus we have on other relationships in our lives, maybe mother, brother, sister, best friend, whoever else. I know that the intimacy that he wants to have with you, just like he had with his son. I know that some, sometimes what can prevent that is the relational situations that we have in our worlds. Instead of Jesus being at the center of our minds, of our focus, we've got another so-and-so that we're thinking about meditating upon. Listen, the Father is a jealous God he is a jealous God, and he offers you a wholeness through his love that nobody else can. A wholeness. You, could see, you can see Jesus living that out. He was a whole human being, right? Not afraid, not up and down with his emotions. No, no, he, was, he knew what he was on the earth for. He knew that he had to fulfill that cause of the Father. He was a whole person. Can I encourage you that that is available to you to be a whole person? Come on. John 17, 26. This will be a wonderful scripture to share with you because I love it. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it. That the love, listen to this, with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Can you believe that? Can you believe that the love with which he loved Jesus, right, may be in them, may be in you and I? That's, that's a wholesome human being right there receiving from a good God, a good father. 
John 17, 23 says this, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. <laughs> you know, perfect in one. Hear the, again the order. Can I please say this to you? At this point in time, it's not perfect because you've done a whole lot of things for the Lord and you continue to witness and preach or whatever. It's not, it's not perfect because of that. It's I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one. It's receiving the intimacy of our Savior, being united with Him and the Father and the Holy Spirit in perfect unity and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Come on, what other encouragement do you need this morning but to know that the Father's love that was lavished on His Son, that was towards His Son, is towards you? Now listen to me. Here's the thing. If you don't think that the relationship between the Son and the Father wasn't significant, Fast forward to when he's on the cross. What does he say? Father, why have you forsaken me? Right? He speaks to his father because his, his whole life mission was built upon his relationship with the father. And in that moment, he calls out to the father. And of course, the reason why God allowed that to happen was because of you and I. Because the Father knew it and the Son knew it. Rewind a little bit. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he was suffering, sweating drops of blood, right? Again, he, he, he pray, prays this prayer, not my will. If you can take this cup away from me, do so, but not my will, but yours be done. Again, speaking to who? Speaking to the Father. Speaking to the Father. Let me finish with this couple last thoughts. The foundation of your faith in Jesus is built upon the intimacy you have with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Come on, let me stir you up in that. Embracing your sonship with the Father, as Jesus did, enables you to take ownership of the cause of the King. There is a mission, there is a purpose for you to live a life serving, serving a higher purpose and mission just like Jesus. Jesus showed us what sonship looks like, didn't he? Showed us what it looks like. And we know what the outcome of his life was. He was faithful and obedient to his father and fulfilled his purpose and mission. Can I invite the worship team just to come back up as I... Finish with this last slide. I started with this and I'll end with this. The servant king, he possessed a security that enabled him to serve others. Jesus knew who he was. He was the beloved son, the king, the beloved son. Do you know who you are? I asked that question. I think we've answered that question today. I think we have. You are a child of God who is loved by the Father just like Jesus was. Take that home with you. Meditate upon that. Listen, if, there's a, if, you're, if you're struggling with receiving his love, 
If you're in a place where you feel more of condemnation and, and his disapproval and his hand of um, discipline coming upon you, listen, go home. Bring that verse out and meditate upon that. Allow that to penetrate your heart, your mind, your soul. He loved you just like he loved the sun. You and I have been called by God to serve a higher purpose and mission just like Jesus. Can we say amen to that?